You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, let's talk about strength of schedule. What exactly does that mean, and what exactly will this mean for Texas A&M going into the 2021 season? Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Strength of schedule is a really weird concept because of we all think, based off of just one analogy, we know exactly what that means. Strength of schedule is supposedly about how a player or a team should fare going into next season. There is a problem with that, though, because of when we talk about going into next season, we're also projecting what came from the season before. So a team like Alabama, who won the national title, beat A&M by 28 points, beat Ohio State by 28 points, they're going to have the number one attached to their name, which, again, they should going into next season, even if they have regressed. The same thing could be said for a team like Georgia. Coming out strong towards the end of the year, they went to a bigger bowl game. They played against an undefeated Cincinnati team in the Cotton Bowl. Got the win. They're going to be considered a better team, even though they lost players like Monty Rice, Richard LeCount, um, Ben Cleveland. You get the, you get the idea. So Texas A&M is kind of in that middle ground. We're saying, yes, they are a good team. Yes, they are a team to watch for. And yes, they are a team that is coming off of their best statistical season since 1939. So while they could be considered a tough opponent for their team, it's all about what happens with the team next year. So when you look at that, ESPN, they did an article, I believe it was by Billy Connolly, if I'm not mistaken, uh, did the... Power Index of Strength of Schedule for Teams Next Year and where they ranked going into 2021. What's funny is that Arkansas actually is ranked, of all the FPS schools, at least I know of the the Power 5 schools, with the toughest schedule because they have games against Texas, Texas A&M, Georgia, uh, Mississippi, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Mississippi State, Missouri. So, again, that's a very tough schedule because of right now, you're expecting at least Georgia, A&M. I'll throw Texas in there just because of I think Texas probably has a shot. Uh, Georgia, Texas, A&M, Texas, probably LSU at like 24, Alabama 100%, and maybe Ole Miss ranked going into the top of the season. So, that's six Power 5 schools that not only are ranked, but also are probably going to be ranked in the top 25. Texas comes in as the number four hardest schedule. Auburn comes in as the number two hardest schedule. Kansas, God bless whatever they're going through because that's going to be a really, really deep one. And then you have Texas A&M, 
who comes in on the list ranked as the number 23 strength of schedule. Teams that are ahead of them include, but no less than, um, at least in the SEC, let's just go with that, LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. Along with, of course, um, Auburn and Arkansas. So this is actually kind of right in the middle. You know, the, so when you look at the schedule, Georgia's one ahead of them at 22. Miami's one below them at 24. And Florida's right below them to round out the top 25. Why is strength of schedule so important? Because if it shows how much breathing room a team has going into next season. You look at AM's schedule... I've already said, there's going to be some trap games. Every single year, there's a trap game. It really just matters what weekend you play them. Uh, you look at the very start of the schedule, Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico, Arkansas. I always say the Southwest Classic is a trap game because if it's played in a neutral field. So that's the first test. Then Mississippi State, then Alabama, week six. That's the game of the year. That is, every single person should circle that game on their calendar. Every single person should be watching, being enamored being ready to see what comes next. After that, they face off against Mizzou. That was their other SEC East team that they drew from the hat. Uh, of course, then they play South Carolina, Auburn, Mississippi. Preview A&M on, um, I believe it's the 20th of November, and then they close out the year against LSU in Baton Rouge. So, again, strength of schedule means also not just where you play them or who you play, but when you play them. It's a good start of the year for AM. They have three tune-up games before, I would say, their first real test against Arkansas, which I don't believe is going to regress, but I wouldn't say they're going to get better next year, if you catch my drift. After that, you have Mississippi State, kind of the same thing. They'll get better, but they won't regress. I think that Will Rogers is the right guy for Mike Leach's system, because if that was why he elected to stay in Mississippi instead of going to Lane Kiffin, instead of going to... Um, who was the other school? Was it Georgia or was it North Carolina? It was another school that really wanted him for their system because of Mike Leach was the guy who was hired by, you know, by Starkville. He stayed in Mississippi. And then you have the test against Alabama. Alabama is that big test game. After that, schedule gets kind of a little bit easier. You have Missouri, who's still trying to figure themselves out under Eli Drinkwitz, brand new head coach and Shane Bieber, uh, Shane Beamer, my bad, for South Carolina. Auburn, brand new head coach, and Brian Harson, Ole Miss, which is, I think, the toughest, the next toughest game on their schedule, to be honest, on November 13th. Close out the year with Prairie View A&M, and then you don't know what you got in LSU. LSU is like that wild card flip team. Uh, so to give you a contest, like how I put this into a context for you guys, you guys watch the show The Masked Singer? I love the show. I think it's a fabulous show. I think it's an awesome concept. I think it's really cool. And this new season, they're doing this thing called the wild card, where they don't come into the competition as members, but they can knock somebody out of the competition and take their place. That is what LSU is. I think LSU can have all the right tools to be a top 15 team. I think they have the right coach. I think last year, everyone knew they were going to regress. But they also could be a team that completely falters. They realize Ed Orgeron, as good as he is, is in way over his head. They start losing in recruiting. They start losing their key marquee games. That means not just Alabama. That means to AM. That means to Ole Miss. That means to Auburn. That means to teams like Tennessee, to Georgia. When you start losing those type of games, and when you look at LSU's schedule, it's not an easy one. I mean, it really is 
actually one of the tougher ones. UCLA to start the year off. McNeese, you'll get that one. Central Michigan, Mississippi State, Auburn. But then you go through a stretch. Kentucky's really good. Florida's really good. Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Monroe, and Texas A&M. So their schedule actually isn't that bad to begin, but it's really bad to end the year. Wild card teams are always the status. So for A&M, the reason why they're ranked 23rd in strength of schedule is because of it's a good balance. You have your four. I'll go five. Because if I do think they will be 5-0 going into Alabama, you have your five, you have your marquee game of the year. The game circled on the calendar, you have to win. You get two more warm-up games, you get a little bit of a challenge in Auburn because it's still Auburn, you get your next big game in Ole Miss, and then you close out the year with two teams that you probably should beat, but one could be a wild card. That's why they're ranked number 23. So, what does this mean in my opinion? I'll be discussing that in just a quick moment, but before we do, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. You already know about all their unique, delicious flavors throughout the entire realm that we had in the Built Bar Bracket Challenge, but what you may not know is they're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for someone on the keto diet. I start my day off every single morning with a peanut butter protein bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and there's not a product like this that I can get at my local 24-hour fitness or even at a nutritional store. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your very next purchase. It's LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, 25 minutes is all you need to get caught up on everything in the realm of sports today. And I can help you get there if you choose to listen to Locked On Today. Locked On Today is a brand new show hosted by Locked On Podcast host Peter Bukowski, breaking down all major sporting news in America in 25 minutes or less. Subscribe on the Odyssey channel or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so we're talking a little bit about why strength of schedule matters because I'm not going to go into a lot with this. There's still a lot that we got to break through today. But why strength of schedule matters is because of A&M is going to put themselves in a very good spot to start the year to where they don't have to climb up that ladder. Think about what I'm trying to say here. When you're climbing up that ladder, you go up, 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 and you inch closer and closer and closer to the top. The good news for A&M, they have a top 10 defense returning. They have the key playmakers on offense in Devon A. Chain and Demond Demas and Anaya Smith and Isaiah Spiller and Jalen Weidemeyer and Baylor Cup and Chase Lane and all these other prospects. They have two quarterbacks who now know the system pretty well in Haynes King and Zach Calzada. The offensive line is the weak point going into next season. It is a very weak point for the sheer fact of we do not know what they are just right now. They're going to be probably ranked somewhere in that top 5 to 10 range. I could see them being as high as number 4, number 5. I could see them being as low as number 8 or number 9. You don't drop after that. You stay consistent. Kent State, win. Colorado, win. New Mexico, win. What does this mean? It means Arkansas, who plays Texas Week 2, Texas could be ranked. That makes that game more tough on A&M. They get that win. They move up in the rankings. You got a team... Uh, like, I believe, Mississippi State. They start off next season against 
Yeah, nobody. But North Carolina State, they're like the 24th or 25th ranked schedule. So they're going to be in for, I wouldn't say a wake-up call, but they're definitely going to be in for, you know, a game that's a little bit tougher. Let's talk about Alabama. Alabama starts the year off next year against Miami, who is ranked one spot ahead of them. Then they play Mercer. Then they play Florida. Then they play uh, Southern Methodist. Then they play Mississippi. Their strength of schedule is a lot tougher because they have one, two, three games, potentially a top 25 opponents going in each week. So what does that mean for A&M? If they get the win over um, Alabama, it means that that game means so much more. So say A&M beats Alabama on October 9th in College Station. Alabama's ranked number one at the time. They've beaten three top 25 teams. A&M, they haven't played a top 25 team just yet. They go ahead and get that win. They're at least number three. I mean, you got to at least put them at number three in the country. Say A&M loses that game. Well, if they're, say, at number five, they drop probably to number eight or to number 10 or number 11. They don't drop that far out of the conversation. All that means afterwards is that every single team besides that has to start playing better. So you have to hope that Missouri's games are better. You have to start hoping that South Carolina's games are better. You have to start hoping that Auburn's games are better and Ole Miss's games are better. The strength of schedule overall basically says the better position you're in, you have to hold that leverage. So it's a gift and a curse for AM in a simple way. The gift is you win your two marquee games, and again, everyone has their own two marquee. Mine are Alabama and Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to be the surprise team this year. They're going to be the Florida of last year, where they come out of nowhere. You get those two wins. You move up in strength of schedule because they're probably a better teams. If you don't get those two wins, well, it's not the end of the world because if you had a schedule that was still tough, but it wasn't as tough. What it also, though, says is if you lose those games, it does show you're not at that same level. That's the, that's the key point. That's where the key turns, and it all clicks together. They have to win against Alabama to move up in the strength of schedule. They have to hope that teams like Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas all play better this season to make their schedule stronger than what it is. Going into the year... I would say they have one, two, maybe three. Maybe three top 25 teams on their schedule. Three puts you in about a 23 range. About 23, I'd say anywhere between a 23 to a, uh, like an 18 to 20, 25 range. That's strength of schedule. Three top 25 teams. That, that's my bet on this. Uh, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that for AM, with the 23rd ranked schedule, it's not only important to get those wins over those marquee moments, but you got to get bigger wins. So Kent State can't be you win by 10. You got to win by 30. Colorado, you can't win by 20. You got to win by 30. New Mexico, you got to win by 30. Prairie View A&M, 50. Like, like, they have to be blowouts. Because at that point, if any of those games are close, it knocks you off your schedule. And it shows that your strength of schedule actually didn't play in your favor. So that's why it's so important for a good start. But I look at this roster and I look at the schedule and I look at everything ahead. AM is in a good spot because of their first five games 
really are warm-ups for the brand new quarterback. Whoever it is, Zach Calzada, Haynes King. I expect by week five, yeah, by week five, because they'll, yeah, they'll have week five and then they'll have the break after South Carolina. Okay, so yeah, so week five, which is Mississippi State, you have your starter. You can't choose your starter between Kent State, Colorado, and New Mexico. You can know your starter after Arkansas. I think that's pretty fair to say. And you better know your, your starter by Arkansas because if you have to get them ready for Mississippi State, who I think is going to be playing better offensively, for sure, it's not really going to matter because this is a top 10 defense, at least by all accounts. And then you're going to have Alabama. You can't have this rotating stuff in Alabama. Why can you not have this rotating stuff in Alabama? Simple. Remember Kyle Allen? Remember Kyler Murray? Remember that game? Remember what happened? No rhythm, no consistency, nothing. It was nothing. You got to have better. You got to have your starter by week six. While the Nets have been cut down and the NFL season is still right around the corner, you can still be watching baseball and basketball at full swing. To do so, you also can make some bets. And when you go make those bets, make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best buyouts, the best bets, and the best wagers every single day when you follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG. Plus, with the NFL draft coming up, you can actually make bets on the odds of where certain players get drafted. So if you believe that Kyle Pitts is going to land with the Dallas Cowboys, go make that bet at 30-100-1. If you think that Zach Wilson is going to be the number three quarterback off the board at 1,000-1, go ahead and make that bet. When you go visit betonline.ag, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED ON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas AM. With the NFL draft right around the corner, it's time for NFL mock draft season, and you can listen to that right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. When you listen to the Draft Dudes podcast with Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs or the Locked On NFL Draft Show with Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasting systems or download on the Odyssey channel. So, good news for Texas A&M Baseball. Their losing streak is over. And that's actually a really good sign because they were on a six-game losing streak. After traveling up to San Marcos to face off against the Texas State Bobcats, the Maroon and White were looking to end that streak and they did with an 8 Four win. Jonathan Childress, who was scheduled to be in the Aggies weekend rotation prior to this, got the start for AM, though he did not throw enough innings to earn the win. He did set the tone on the mound. A four-run second inning gave the Aggies an early lead, which led to them not giving it back up. It was the biggest win for the Aggies of the month that they will now face the top-ranked club in the uh, of the nation coming up this weekend, and they did not want to enter with a seven-game losing streak. After not having a runner in the first inning, AM took an early lead with those four runs. Brett Minich led it off with a triple to right center field on the very first pitch. Hunter Coleman and Logan Satori backed it up with back-to-back walks to Lowe's the bases, and a Trevor Werner single into right center field plated minutes to make a 1-0 lead. A Taylor Smith saw uh, walk, saw Hunter Coleman walk in, and uh, Kay Lally, I think that's how you say his name, Harrison singled down the left field line to score both Werner and Satori, giving them the 4-1 lead. It was also sent Bobcat starter Taylor Travis Sungren out of the game in favor of Tristan Dixon. In the bottom of the fourth, 
They were able to cut back into the lead with a pair of runs on their own. Justin Thompson drew a leadoff walk, and a Jose Gonzalez popout led to eventually Thompson getting on to second base after a failed pickoff attempt. Dalton Shutfield drew a, lock, a walk, and Bryce Boner came up with an RBI single to play Thompson, giving the Aggies on the board. A double steal allowed Shutfield to score on a balk by Childress to make it a 4-2 game. The Aggies were able to get those runs back going into the fifth inning, though, with Dixon still on the mound. Will Frizzell drew a two-out walk that was followed by a bomb out into left field by Austin Bose, making it 6-2 in the fourth. Texas State was able to make some noise in the bottom of the seventh, but they couldn't get a big inning with Chris Weber on the mound. Peyton Lewis led off the frame with an infield single. Two batters later, Tucker Rendon singled into center. Thompson reached on a fielding error by Al, uh, Aggie shortstop. I believe it. Again, I don't know how to really say his name, and I got to learn it. I really do. Uh, but Kalale Harrison had an error on the play. That led to bases loaded with one out. Weber got Gonzalez to go down swinging for the second out and was relieved by Chris Farrell. The new pitcher walked in a run, cutting the lead 6-3, and Joseph Menefee then summoned up out of the bullpen to face Boner, popped out, and the Aggies escaped with the bases loaded, only giving up one run on the day. Alex Magers was credited for the win. Uh, he now goes to 2-1 on the year. Ray Alejo had a sacrifice bunt that made it now 8-4. After that, uh, you had Chandler Jozwiak earn his fourth save of the season, throwing in one and one-third inning, not allowing a hit while striking out three and walking one. Childress threw four innings for the start, gave up two runs, two hits with six strikeouts and two walks. Sundergren moves to 0-3 for the Bobcats. Werner led the Aggies at the plate, going 2-4 for four with a double, two RBIs and a run scored. Minutes was 2-4 for four with a triple and a run, and Alejo was 2-4 for four as well with a sacrifice bunt. The Bobcats, their lone player, had multiple hits, was only, I believe, Justin Evans. Either way, it makes the Aggies improve to 20-15 and 15 on the season, but 3-9 and nine in SEC play, and they face off against the number one team in the country and arguably the number one team in the realm of baseball with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Listen, at least Arkansas has something going for them. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies on tomorrow's show. There was a new article that came out that's kind of bothering me and irking at me about the top 25 quarterbacks going into the 2021 college football season. Who are they? How many will AM face? And is there a starter from AM on the list? Sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, let me know. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.